You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Union Podcast today. This is episode one, babe. Episode one. Here it is, the very beginning. Here we are. So you are hanging out with Brian and Bonnie Pugh today, and um, and we have actually just launched a ministry that's uh, dedicated to declaring God's truth around sexuality, relationships, and marriage, and uh, to discovering the hope uh, that Jesus really gives us um, for restoration and healing from negative sexual experience, but also to help people discover their destiny in Jesus and to be a voice uh, for that restoration and healing. So we're glad you tuned in today. We're so excited to share this with you. So, Yeah. So one thing we wanted to do as we get started here is give you a little bit of an introduction of who we are, Brian and Bonnie Pugh. So we met um, literally right after grade 12. And wasn't long before we had feelings for each other. And, and then we actually waited a few years before we got married. It was 2007 we got married. So now it's been 11 years. It'll be 11 years in a couple weeks here. And, mm-hmm. and we have five sons. And it's been a wild adventure of, um, yeah, the richer for poor, sickness, and in health. Mm-hmm. In this last decade, it's been, um, been a journey for sure. And we've learned a lot. And we are so excited because even as uh, we were in our, you know, 18, 19 year old, and we would talk about the future and the things that we dreamed of doing and even, you know, dreaming with the Lord of what we could accomplish in the earth or help with. One of the things we always were passionate about was talking about this area of, of sexuality and relationships, because we saw that it was so foundational to society, um, and, and so now we are just really honored and privileged to be able to be making this podcast and, and doing other outlets, um, our mm-hmm. website and traveling and speaking and sharing with people. So for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the things we wanted to do is kind of give you a little insight of like who we are. And so we totally decided at the last minute that the way we're going to start um, maybe all these podcasts that we do together is we'll ask each other a random question on the spot. So you ready? So I'm not, I don't know what you're saying. I don't, I don't know what Bonnie's going to ask me and she doesn't know what I'm going to ask her. And to be honest, I don't know what I'm going to ask her yet. So yes, ladies first. Okay. All right. So, uh, my question to you, Brian, if you could meet any famous hockey player and hang out with them, who would it be? Famous hockey player, most likely uh, Sidney Crosby. Nice. And why? Um, well, he's like honestly one of the best hockey players in the world. Um, you know, there's guys coming up who are going to be, you know, probably even next level. But uh, I think he's been a classy guy. Right now, he's just always carried himself well. He's a good Canadian guy. Yeah. And I have his jersey, his Canadian Olympic jersey. Not mm-hmm. the one he wore, but... Um, um, specifically, but I have one with his number and name on nice. it. So, well, that was a good classic Canadian question. For yeah, you. seriously. Um, okay. So my question for you, what is your favorite attribute about me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, 
Bonnie, what if you could be anywhere, if you could be on a flight tonight to be anywhere tomorrow, where would it be and why? Okay, this is crazy, but the first thing that comes to mind was um, Turkey. But I don't even know why. Turkey. I just, I am, I have a fascination and love with lots of different cultures. So you could ask me the question again tomorrow and I might have a different answer. Yeah, you could go to Ephesus. Mm, Yeah, nice. Crazy. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, so speaking of Ephesus, we are going to go to a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Um, And in Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, verse 11, Paul says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And uh, it's really interesting if you look at some of the history, which there's so much rich history in, um, you know, that part of the world, but specifically um, in Turkey and or which is now Turkey, but like um, in Ephesus, um, there's so much rich history. But um, if we were to kind of read the scripture in light of um, some of the historical things that Paul's referring to, um you know, there was a there was a actual a temple set up to a um, a goddess of Diana. So it was like this kind of cultural invitation to um, be a part of sexual experience in the worship of Diana. And so Paul's writing this in this with kind of with this in mind, the saying like like church, you you can't be one foot in. With, with Jesus and living a life um, unto him and then with the other foot be living a life that's worshiping Diana and is and is participating in that cultural pull um, to sexual immorality. Yeah, and I think we have to, as the church, have eyes to see and realize that unfortunately sometimes we're not much different than the church, the early church was that Paul was addressing. Mm-hmm. He was saying, I don't like the hypocrisy, guys. Like, Jesus doesn't like the hypocrisy. That's not what he died for. And so now we we don't necessarily have temples set up to these idols, but we definitely do have this cultural pressure to focus so much on our Mm -hmm. sexuality and on our exterior and on these, like, this, like, chasing down of some type of like sexual ecstasy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately then it's actually like that does that natural desire, if it goes unchecked, then ends up like taking over our life and it leads people into a place of darkness. Totally. And so, so then I guess the question is, okay, so we're not supposed to have anything to do with these deeds. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, so what do we do? How do we, expose them what is the if people are right now trapped in that sense of like that's me i'm literally living a life of hypocrisy right what do they do yeah i think the way i've always thought about it and i think like what paul's even speaking to when he says like you know but rather expose them like we see in the very beginning of creation that god um spoke and said hey light come and then light came you know out of nothing god created Mm -hmm. light with his words and Mm -hmm. i feel like um, you know, in the way that we talk and with our voice, raising our voice to bring attention and to bring light mm-hmm. to these things is like, is, is the starting gate of exposing. It's just the, just the power of conversation and the power of like, um, 
you know, people sharing their stories or, or whatever, what, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus has done in their life or just even questioning the status quo. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, seriously mm -hmm. so much. We don't even realize what the atmosphere is atmosphere is until we open our eyes and look around. And so I think that's one of our, that's one of our goals for this podcast is like, can we just pause and think about this? Can Mm -hmm. we actually look at the results, the fruit of the lives of our friends, of our relatives, and Mm -hmm. even of ourselves and say, is this happiness? Is this peace? Mm -hmm. Is this getting, getting me where I actually want to go? Or is this just leading to shame and pain? Totally. And so I think what you're saying there of like the, the power of just talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've heard you say like the power of disclosure Mm -hmm. and, um, we've definitely over the years as we've talked with people, it's been incredible to watch them start to share their stories with us. And sometimes like there's just like fear in their eyes, but they just have this sense like I need to tell someone like the secret inside of me is like it's burning inside Mm -hmm. of me and I feel so heavy. And then they share like, you know, maybe they whisper it or they write it out or they Mm -hmm. get it out of them. And it's like this confession of maybe something that happened to them Mm -hmm. um, where they were sexually mistreated, um, even name like called names or just kind of this identity put on them. Sometimes they confess things that they've done to others or things that they've looked at or thought of or desired. And just by disclosing it, then Mm -hmm. it's, it brings light into that dark place. Totally. And I think with the things that cause us the most shame in our life, it's like to, to begin to think about sharing those things with somebody, you know, one of several things probably goes through somebody's head just with the idea. But I think a lot of times people are like, if I share this, mm-hmm. I'm going to be rejected. Yeah. If I share this, especially in a religious atmosphere, mm-hmm. the church culture, um, you know, who hasn't been very loud looking at it historically on, mm-hmm. you know, God's design for this and hasn't really been a counter cultural voice to this really until lately, mm-hmm. um, you know, within the last 10, maybe 10, 15 years. But like to the idea of sharing this is like, I'm going to be excluded. I'm going to be alienated mm-hmm. and I'm going to be given a scarlet letter, so to speak. Right, and totally. like, I'm going to be sentenced to shame for the rest of my life. So yeah. I'm better off not telling somebody, but what, what I found is even from my own story with, you know, like I came, I came to Christ, you know, as a broken young man in 2003 Mm -hmm. who had a lot, who really just, who just really just was a young man living out the lifestyle of the culture, um, of the world system when it came to relationships, when it came to sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, had a lot of broken relationships and, um, was really, you know, I use the term predatorial in the sense of like, Um, I just, I pursued girls to get what I wanted from them. Right. It wasn't really about who they were as a person, Mm -hmm. but what really they could to give me. It wasn't to seek out compatibility or to genuine intimacy or something like that. It was just a a physical pursuit. And maybe not even just physical. I know you shared with me Mm -hmm. also just the sense of identity of like, see, look, I'm, I have a girl, that means that I have great value. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then that's what real manhood is. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like as a young man, I came into the church 
and you know, Jesus really did change my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot of baggage, you right. know, that I brought to the cross. And, yeah. um, I think a lot of times, you know, we have this idea that like we get our stuff together and then we come to Jesus and it's like, you know, all that stuff, yeah. um, you bring, you bring with you right. to the cross. And, um, and I think you get to the other side of it and Jesus starts to help you unpack the baggage yeah. Um, and so I'm a young man, uh, trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I love Jesus and what does that look like? And what is, what is my life supposed to be now? And I know I don't want to live the way I've been living. Um, you know, I know I I really want to serve Jesus, but I had this overwhelming sense that, um, if I were to open up with some of my struggles Mm -hmm. that like I was the only dude, you know, (laughs) that was maybe struggling with porn. Yeah. I had opened up with a mentor in my life um, very early on after my conversion to Christ, and um, and I was I was absolutely shocked, um, you know, or su- kind of pleasantly surprised, but kind of like, oh, this is not probably good either. But like, you know, he said to me, "Well, I think every guy struggles with it." I'm like, "What? You know, like this is crazy. What do you mean? I thought like, yeah, I thought like I come to Jesus and all my stuff goes away. And yeah. like, what are you talking about struggle? What are you talking about? Totally. Um, you know, a, a battle. Um, and that is one of the things that shame says to us is you are the only one. And it mm-hmm. gets you so focused inward of like kind of guarding almost like don't look, don't look like mm-hmm. I just got to hide this, keep this secret. And shame is like, you're the only one. And if, yeah. And like you kind of already said, but if someone, if they found out, they would think you're a monster. Yeah. 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 And I'll, um, you know, one story that I've, I've shared a lot actually, um, was one day I was getting ready, uh, to go to church and I had just been really, I'd really been struggling with, with porn. And this was very, like very struggling, like giving in, yeah. Giving in the temptation. Yeah. And just, um, you know, watching, looking at porn, seeking it out. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I was so mad at myself and I had kind of projected like my, my anger towards where I was at, like God must feel the same way towards me. And I was, I had gone to church just because I needed to find some sort of relief, maybe. relief. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Some sort of relief from, mm-hmm. uh, this burden of shame. And, um, and the service was, the message was just about over and, uh, the prayer ministry, some people had gone up to pray for people and, and I'm standing there and I'm like, you know what? I need somebody just to tell me, you know, really that like how bad I am, you know what I mean? Just to tell them like, just to really lay into me because that's, I need to feel bad about what I've done. Like it's so weird. It's so crazy. But, um, there's a man in my church that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to him. Cause like he's, he's an intense Bible guy and man, he just, he's like a, he just like a flamethrower kind of truth guy. Like he's really going to lay into me and teach me a lesson. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I went up to him and I told him what I was struggling with and, uh, he just proceeded to put his arm around me and say, well, Brian, he loves you. And I was like, I just broke. Like at that moment, I just was, I'm, I kind of break just even thinking about it now, but like, um, there is just something so powerful in that bringing into the light yeah. with people that love you, that really do love God yeah. and really do love his design and are committed to his design and his truth in this area, mm-hmm. but are also 
who also really do love you mm-hmm. and have your back and yeah. want to be and want to extend mercy and want to walk with you. Um, you know, I think that's one of the most powerful things of, mm-hmm. of the church is, right. is that reality of, um, being able to come into the light with some of the darkest things totally. that cause you shame and bring you fear mm-hmm. and cause confusion and find relief, yeah. um, with the support of people and, and prayer and just, just, uh, just people walking with you, mm-hmm. you know, not giving up on you. So, yeah. um, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. As you say that, it makes me think of some stories of people even recently who've told me that when they either by their own decisions, it kind of created this like consequence in their life that then became very visible and the whole church knew, realized what had been going on or, or they confess things like that they weren't met with mercy or with that love. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, man, if I could we could like reach through the airwaves and yeah, just and put that arm around you right now, whoever you who are listening and say, God really loves you. Mm-hmm. And to even say to you who are, you know, maybe leaders within churches or influencers within the church Christian community is we must come to people in the fullness of truth and grace. That's yeah. what Jesus came with is the absolute truth. Like no, Mm-hmm. Brian is a 19 year old. No, what you did, of course that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But like, God does not hate you. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not opposed to you. And he's also not even intimidated by the darkness. Like Absolutely. he comes in and pierces it with light. Yeah. And so then I think, you know, leaders, influencers, those who want to be, when someone shares their story with you, mm-hmm. like, you need to be the least judgmental person on the face of the planet. Let that right. be your goal. And I always think of judgmental, not, you know, cause people go like, you can't judge me. And they kind of get that sass. And I think we're allowed to evaluate and understand where people are at. But I Absolutely. think that the judgment piece has to do with like laying a final verdict. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you did that thing. That's who you'll always be. Gavel right. slammed. You yeah. are sentenced to a life of this. Yeah, totally. But we, we of all people should understand that there is never a hopeless situation that what seems dead can come back to life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the most amazing things we see in the life of Jesus is that he never, he never lowered the standard for Mm -hmm. anybody, you know, right? Like we think about the woman caught, um, if you read the gospels and, um, I'm just trying to remember the gospels that it's in, I think definitely in gospel of John, but like, the woman who's caught in adultery. So this woman is brought into the circle um, of these Pharisees, which are the religious leaders of the time. And the accusation that they brought towards Jesus is like, hey, the law of Moses says that we're supposed to stone this woman because she's sleeping um, with a man. She's having sex with a man who's not her husband, you know, right? This is what Moses says. So what do you say? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus... You know, I, I love that story because Jesus writes, like stoops down and writes in the dirt and there's all the speculation about what he wrote. But the reality is, is nobody really knows because mm-hmm. the Bible doesn't say. Um, but he he seems to kind of totally ignore mm-hmm. their question, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a certain way. Like he's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not going to mess around with what the law says, because, you know, to be honest, I inspired the law. So right. I'm not I'm not trying to to counteract that. Um, but what I am trying to say here is if you 
the first person who doesn't have any sin, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, that person can, can throw the first stone to this woman. Right. Right. Like he, he's saying like, you need to be looking at yourself. You need to be evaluating yourself. Right. Right. First, before you try to cast judgment at other people. And, um, you know, so like Jesus, you know, Jesus ends up interacting with this woman and saying like, you know, Hey, where are your accusers? And, They're she's like, yeah, she's all disappeared because everybody just kind of takes off because they realize, well, they, they all kind of realize like, you know, this guy's not playing around and uh, he he kind of cut through our little scheme here mm-hmm. um, to try to catch him. Um, but, uh, you know, Jesus says to this woman, like, where are your accusers? And she's like, you know, they're all gone, Lord. And she's like, well, I don't accuse you either. Mm-hmm. Go and sin no more. And there's something about the mercy of God that actually inspires a desire to not want to continue in sin. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times we say, we need to be more hard-nosed. And like, to be honest, I think we need to be, um, we need to be declaring the standard. We need, we can't compromise the standard. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, just like Jesus was, he never compromised the standard, Mm -hmm. but he was always merciful to the reality of, of human uh, frailty and human weakness. Yeah. And, um, you know, like Jesus was around some pretty wild people. Mm-hmm. Like he says that he was accused of hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. And it's not like he was hanging around with people from Canada revenue or, or the IRS and just like some guys wearing suits and typing calculators, you know, he was hanging around with modern day gangsters mm-hmm. and probably had prostitutes, probably had, um, you know, women who are very sexualized and men who are that typical kind of stereotypical, um, you know, view of a, ga- a gangster who's just super macho and mm-hmm. all about the money, all about like, if we could just imagine what a gangster is like today, you know, those were the people that Jesus was hanging out with. And um, I can just imagine the, um, the, the sense of confusion that would be going through these people's heads is just like, this guy is hanging out with us and the way he lives his life kind of frustrates me because it just completely shows me, um, my, my own weakness and my own frailty and where I've gone wrong. But I also just can't get away from the reality of his mercy, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Like why would those people want to hang out with them? You know? So I just think like it's, um, you know, it's so important that we walk in both the grace and the truth that Mm -hmm. Jesus walked in. Yeah. So as we were kind of planning out this, this episode of the podcast, we said that sometimes Christians, people face a double crisis when it comes to this area of sexuality. And the first crisis, maybe we've talked about a little bit here of, I've done these things. I'm doing these things. These things were done to me, maybe a concoction of all that. And, and this crisis of, I need freedom and I need healing. So we're, we're talking about this first step of bringing it into the light and, mm. and facing that fear of rejection and just saying, for the sake of my soul, I'm going to confess the reality of mm-hmm. what I'm living and walk on that, like, go into that journey um, of, of healing and letting the Holy Spirit guide that. And then, and then we've, I've seen something happen uh, where where people who have received healing and restoration and even their dreams that they once thought were completely impossible, they're dead and gone, those things have been restored back to them and they find themselves living a life 
that they, they know they don't actually deserve. And I would say that's the life I'm living right now. I think, Mm -hmm. my goodness, I don't deserve the blessings that I have or the joy that I experience. Uh, but the temptation then is to just close the door on the past and say, well, that's all dead and gone now. And I just get to move forward. And that is partially true, but the reality of what about the others now? Mm-hmm. What about the ones who are right now in the middle of the struggle and they are desperate to know if there's hope? Right. And so I'm seeing, I think we're, we're both seeing this, a little bit of a phenomenon in culture right now where there seems to be the lid is coming off and people are starting to talk about their past mm-hmm. and talk about their negative sexual experiences. And it's creating... Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's creating a little bit of a storm in, in the media and stuff like that. But I think within the church, it's, it's maybe giving, uh, people some space or some free, maybe an increase of freedom Mm -hmm. to say, okay, this thing happened 20 years ago. And I, I thought I would be trapped forever. I thought I'd be in pain forever, but, but the, but Jesus has healed me and I'm, and I want to talk about it just in case there's someone out there right now who who needs to know that that freedom is possible and that you won't have, you won't be having night terrors your whole life or, or you won't be afraid of men forever, or you won't, um, you know, hate children forever because of, you know, things that happened when you were, when you were young or, Mm -hmm. you know, all the different elements that we're hearing. So one beautiful, uh, testimony, one story that's come in just recently to us at the union is from a young woman who as a girl was sexually assaulted and not Mm -hmm. just once, but like repeatedly, uh, and the culture that she, the ethnicity that she has, it was, it was so, it was kind of like, if, if that happened to you, if you were raped or if you were assaulted, then the expectation was that you then had to marry or yeah, be, be married to the, to the assaulter in order Mm -hmm. to somehow save your name. Uh, but the one who assaulted her refused to do that. And so she was, uh, faced a lot of rejection from her family and, uh, you can go online onto our website mm-hmm. uh, at the, the and you can read her full story there. But I was just looking over it and just blown away because so she goes into the story of what she, the process she went through going into drug addiction, homelessness, prostitution, mm-hmm. just, it's just like all the unraveling of her soul as she was facing what happened to her. Right. But then she hits, comes to this place of desperation and calls out to the Lord when she's literally living with her pimp and, and calls out and just, Lord God, Jesus, help me. And she said she slept through the night. And that was how she knew that he was the true God is she hadn't slept through the night for years and years wow. and years. Right. And then, and then she tells more of the details of, of the restoration, mm-hmm. but the, she is one of many people who are starting to come forward and Absolutely. say, you know who I used to be, you know what I used, you know, and, and now, I mean, I know her personally, we both do. And her mm-hmm. smile is radiant. Like yeah. you would never know, like you wouldn't know anymore. And mm-hmm. that's the, the beauty of the redeeming, like the redeeming love of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, like people get this idea that like, because they didn't have this quote unquote perfect life, that even when they come into the church, like say they do come to Jesus, but they're going to be like a second class Christian, if we can say that. They're going to be, 
they're going to be riding coach. They're not going to be mm-hmm. in the first class right. in the kingdom. And and I think one of the amazing things that the Lord does, and we see this, like, you just think of the people that were following Jesus. You know, like Mary Magdalene, right. it says that she had seven demons cast out of her. Mm-hmm. Like, who was fully participating in, you know, who knows what, and had, you know... An incredible story. Mm-hmm. Pro- um, she was. It says that she was a prostitute. She was known for the. Yeah, exactly. Like that's how she lived her life. Exactly, yeah. and then now, she's one of the first ones that, that gets to declare that Jesus is risen. Right. You know, and um, you know, I just think that's just such a great picture of the mm-hmm. of the truth of what God wants to do with people. He wants to, mm-hmm. you know, take those who are broken and put them back together, not just to be. Not just to be together, you know, for the sake of being together to, you know, all right, well, we can just sit around now, but like you have a purpose now, yeah, that's right. you know, right? Like your pain can have a purpose mm-hmm. and, you know, the things that cause you shame can now be a weapon to bring freedom to other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that actually one of my most favorite verses is found, it's found in first Corinthians six, verse um, nine, 10, 11. And it's written, so the Corinth, uh, the book of Corinthians, written, or the letter of Corinthians, written to the church in Corinth, another, just like Ephesus, it was a center of just this like um, hyped up sex experience, like all over the place, there was idols and all kind of pointing to, um, yeah, just male and female body parts and just trying to make you always aware of sex, always aware of those desires um, and the church is planted there. And so these aren't like the, the good old like Jewish boys and girls. These are, these are, uh, yeah, the citizens of Corinth. And so this, in this letter, uh, Paul is writing to them and, and he says, he says, unjust people who don't care about God will not be joining in his kingdom. Those who use and abuse each other, use and abuse sex, use and abuse the earth and everything in it. They don't qualify as citizens in God's kingdom. A number of you know from experience what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, you were on that list. Since then, you've been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus, our master, our Messiah, and by our God present in us, the spirit. And uh, in another translation, it says, you know, like all these type, these people who do these things, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And it says, and I, I think, man, they used to do these public readings of these letters. And I just would think you could just imagine, you know, uh, maybe a young man or a young woman sitting in the crowd and they're thinking, I've done all those things. Like I have abused mm-hmm. and been abused. I have, you know, yeah, I've worshiped at the temple yeah. and, and all these flashbacks and memories. But then there's this invitation that says, and that's what some of you were like, but not anymore. Your identity isn't those, it's not those things anymore. Now, like you've been washed and you've been cleansed and you've been justified by what Christ has done. And I, I am really excited because I see lots of people coming forward and being honest about, about what they're going through and then also being willing to share their story for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, I've, I've heard somebody say, you know, or I think maybe if you've been in church culture, you've probably heard this. So like, you know, like take your chains, you know, that, 
Mm-hmm. or the chains that Jesus is breaking in your life, just let them fall off and then just leave them there. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think there's an aspect of like, what if we picked up those chains, mm-hmm. um, those things that were um, major places of shame and condemnation and guilt and started using them as weapons, you know, because if we really believe that the power of disclosure has the ability to bring light mm-hmm. to the sources of these, these issues within culture Mm-hmm. then we have to believe that telling our story yeah. um, can bring freedom to other people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if you, if that's something that if you're listening right now and you think, man, I, I think I'm ready. I think I want to share my story. We've created a, uh, an online questionnaire survey. We'd love it. If you would go and check it out. We find that sometimes it can be intimidating for people. If you just say, yes, send us an email with your story in it. And then people sit down to type and they're just staring at this blank screen. They're like, I don't Mm -hmm. even know where to start. So -hmm. we've created this questionnaire that will just walk you through step by step, you know, where were you born? And what was maybe one of the first experiences that you feel was really significant to this area of your life? And you know, what, how did you used to feel about yourself and what do you feel now? Like, so we just, yeah, just make it really Mm -hmm. simple. So if that's something you're interested in doing, we would love to hear from you and wherever, wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear your story and, and celebrate with you and even truthfully give honor to the process of what you've gone through. And we are, we are making it um, possible if you wanted to share your story anonymously uh, mm-hmm. You can do that too, because we understand sometimes the details of our stories can be complicated and involve other people that aren't ready to, mm-hmm. maybe they're not wanting to share yet. Um, so you can just indicate that for us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. We are excited to get this ball rolling and mm-hmm. to be doing this more often. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or any thoughts, or if this is, you know, just even something that we've talked about has really, you know, hit a place in your heart that you want more information or just need to talk to somebody, we'd love to be here for you. So you can email us at podcasts at the union mm-hmm. Any questions, comments, concerns, even we're, yeah. we're here for you. And, um, you can also follow us on Instagram at, at the union movement, um, as well as Facebook under the same, uh, handle the union movement. So, Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and share if you would like. We love that. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks so much for tuning in today. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.